what I want to do to start is to is to read um, through the account of that momentous occasion, the, that, that momentous event, all those years ago. Um, I'll be reading just from Scripture. There, I, I was I was given this little booklet from um, Life Words, some of their free literatures on that stand over there. Um, which is called Believe the Women. I will make comment about that later. That's a nicely provo- I know. <laughs> a nicely provocative statement to some. For some saying about time. Um, but what this has done is taken the account, the gospel accounts primarily from Luke, but with a little bit from Mark's gospel, and also it concludes with a little bit from Acts chapter 1. And... It's, and it's like I say, it's just the scriptures from the New Living Translation. It's maybe longer than you're used to listening to the scriptures being read. But the Apostle Paul, if you remember, wrote to Timothy and he encouraged him. He said, do not neglect the public reading of scripture. So I'm going to do some public reading of scripture. I'd love, And I'd love you to listen and just let your imagination be stirred. So... Just to set the scene before we get to the Bible itself. One Friday, Jesus, the revolutionary rabbi, was led out to die in a state-sponsored execution. And this is the story of what happened next. It's a story of those who believed and those who could not. It's a story about the women and it's a story that begins at the end. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Jesus called out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. They'd been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had also come with him to Jerusalem were there. As Jesus' body was taken away, the women from Galilee followed and saw the tomb where his body was placed. Then they went home and prepared spices and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had begun. So they rested as required by the law. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who's alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that he would rise again on the third day? Then they remembered that he had said this. The women rushed back from the tomb to tell Jesus' 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. 
but the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and he ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there in the last few days to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people, but our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of Jesus' followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea and sure enough his body was gone just as the women had said. By this time they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognised Jesus and at that moment he disappeared. Within the hour they were on their way back to Jerusalem There they found the eleven disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them. Just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost. And then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Jesus said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. Then Jesus led them to Bethany and and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven. Then They returned to Jerusalem. When they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. An amazing account. From the women who were first entrusted with this story, to the small band gathered in an upper room, a worldwide movement began.
This movement transcends nations, race, gender, politics, religion, and man-made borders. It's founded on radical love. A love that offers peace from trouble, freedom from oppression, and life from death. You know, the reason I chose to read that out, Believe the Women, is because if you was making this story up, in those days, you would never have put women in that position of first apostle, if you like, the first one to declare the truth. He's risen. Come and see. Because in those days, because of the status of women in society, you, wouldn't, you would not have been believed. It would have been so ridiculous a thing to have done that if you was making the story up, you wouldn't possibly have even considered it. And in a weird way, that in itself shows that this is true. And I know there's lots of other proofs and we're sitting, there's, there's a couple of hundred proofs sitting in this room today. But can you see that? If this was a fabrication, you would never have put women in that prominent position. But they did. And they were. And I thought that's fan- that was a fantastic way of weaving together the Gospels. That was all scripture. You can go and find every verse that I read there for that true account. On Thursday, I had a busy day. I don't like busy days. I'm built for comfort now, not speed. I have to take life easy. But Thursday was a busy day, wonderfully busy. We had our last session of the Alpha course, this current Alpha course, a fantastic course it's been. We were looking at the church, what the church is really like. So so many people have got a negative experience of church, maybe... If you're new to us here, maybe you've got a negative experience of church. But we just highlighted some of the wonderful things the church has done. Not just this local church, but the church universal. How the church has impacted society and advanced the kingdom in so many different ways. And we also looked at what it is to make the most of the rest of our lives as Christians. You know, because some of us have had really difficult, painful, sometimes horrible Lives, But Jesus promises, well, the scriptures promise to restore the years the locusts have eaten. And you know, if you've seen those images of a swarm of locusts, which go for a rich, verdant land and just strip it bare, they eat everything in their sight and it just leaves a wasteland. And that image of my life is a wasteland, but Jesus will restore it back to me. And that's what we were looking at. And it's great to do that. And as a result, we're going to probably see... Yeah, I think it's next month we've got some baptisms and we're going to have a number of people from that Alpha course being baptised. Hallelujah. Uh, and a bit, bit, bit before, before I did the Alpha course, I drove down to Crawley to officiate at a funeral. And after that funeral, I was chatting to some of the guests. Um, and one of them said that I reminded them of the actor Ray Winston. I know. Uh, and I was able to say, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> and I, I said, I don't know if you know this, but I was in a film with Ray Winston. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
that's, that's true, by the way. Um, but um, I'll, I'll give you a signed copy later. But that, that funeral um, was also sad in, in lots of ways. You know, through tears, the mum of the lady who was deceased said to me she shouldn't be burying her daughter. That's not the, that's not the way round you do it. But it was also full of hope. Because that lady, who was in her 50s, had made a response to follow Jesus in this very room about five years ago. And I had the opportunity to a packed chapel to present Jesus to them to challenge them with the words of Jesus where he says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest rest for your souls and after that, you know, talk, after not only talking about movies with Ray Winston, we, I was able to talk about the impact of Jesus on my life, how I was able to come to him and find rest for my soul. Do you want rest for your soul? Many of you in this room have found that in the risen Lord Jesus, haven't you? Do you want him to give you rest, to carry your burdens? Those burdens of guilt, and the habits of wrongdoing in your life? Do you want the assurance of a home in heaven where there's no more death and no more pain and no more tears where the victims of those bombings are right now with a brand new body? How can Jesus do that? Well, we've already remembered his blood shed for us and his body broken for us, haven't we? As we shared communion together. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin, the Bible says. But he shed his blood on our behalf. And he is risen. He is alive. He has defeated death itself. No wonder we can say that to one another with joy on our faces. He is risen. He is risen Indeed, death is defeated. And this is so fundamental. The resurrection of Jesus is so fundamental. It's so key to what Christians believe that without it, we just as well not be here. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said this. He says, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead... Why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, well then all our preaching is useless. Strong words. All our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless. He says it twice. And you're still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, 
we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Strong words. And then he finishes that little discourse by saying, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. We have hope, don't we? If it wasn't for the resurrection, Christianity would be a waste of time. It's useless. It would be pitiful. And we'd just as well go home now. But it did happen. This is truth. This is life-changing, society-changing, nation-transforming truth. And we must live in the good of this, shouldn't we? Even with news like we've heard from Sri Lanka, we've got to live in the good of this. You know, that resurrection accomplished so much as we we've celebrate today. It, it, it validates the identity of Jesus. It proved who he claimed to be. Because Jesus stood very clearly and claimed to be God. Now, there's been people down through history have done that. Right? Lots of people have claimed to be God in different places. Um, but they never come back to life again once they died. <laughs> Jesus said, I'm going to prove it. By dying on the cross, then on the third day, I'm coming back. I mean, when he first said that, what do you think they thought? Think, what's he on about? Is he a figurative? Is he sort of, is he just sort of drawing a parallel? But if somebody says to you, like, I'm, I'm going I'm to die, but in, on the third day, it's all right. I'll be walking around eating broiled fish with you again. I'll choose a different meal, personally. But <laughs> Jesus came back on the third day and walked around Jerusalem for another 40 days and he hung out with his mates. Imagine, imagine that. You imagine the, the, the Romans and the Jewish rulers of the day thinking, oh, we've got him, we've killed him. He's dead now. Thank goodness for that. He was causing a bit of trouble. That, was, that could have been a problem. And then he's like, oh, I'm back. <laughs> Think, oh, no. Because even death could not hold him. So good, isn't it? Oh, we just love it. The, re- the resurrection validates Jesus' identity. The resurrection also proves that there is life after death. I mean, most people love that idea. People, whether they're believers or not, people who have got no understanding of the Christian faith, just hold on to this vague, there's got to be more to life than this, isn't there? Even people who say, oh, you know, once you're dead, you're six feet under and that's it. Deep down, they know that that's not true. I know that because that was my view. I used to just bluff it, really. But I had some sort of vague hope of wanting to be in heaven and certainly not wanting to be in hell. I just didn't know how to get there until somebody introduced me to Jesus. But there is a way. And he made a way where there's no way. So that I could be forgiven, that I could be made clean, that I could be understand that I have a promise of a home in heaven, a, a home of perfection, of purity without death or sickness or tears. Oh, don't you want that? I turned my back on the views of my family and friends and I I risked um, um, abuse and ridicule, and that's all, not bombs, right? Because I thought, I'm going to go with Jesus now. 
the resurrected, risen Lord Jesus, who's made a way, who offers life. So good, isn't it? In his death and burial and resurrection, Jesus gave us a model as well how to handle the pain of life. And there's not many people in this room who have gone through a pain-free life. And I know some of you have, have had more than their fair share as well. But listen, the apostle, <laughs> the apostle Peter wrote this. He says, if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. Don't you want that spoken over you? God's saying, I'm pleased with you. And he's got, he continues in 1 Peter chapter 2, for God called you to do good, even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you. He draws a parallel. Here, he is your example and you must follow in his steps. He never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. This is Jesus. Listen. Suffering may come your way. He has called us to endure suffering. We can go through tough times, can't we? And because of my role in the church, and because I know many of your stories, I know some of you have been through terrible times. Right? But Christ suffered for us and he left us an example so that we could follow in his footsteps. Through Jesus and his death and his burial and his resurrection, he modelled what we should do in the worst of days. And he gives the promise of hope. You know those days when you, when you go through sometimes tragedy, pain, either physical or emotional, or mental, doubt, or depression, and despair. You know, the Easter story, that, that, that immediate thing from Good Friday to, to the Resurrection Sunday, we can see in parallel different aspects. You know, Friday was a day of suffering and pain and agony. Who wants to be there? No one. And even the Saturday, where where people are coming to terms with their loss, the desperate loss. I thought he was the Messiah. The grief, the confusion, the misery. But on the Sunday, it's all changed. right? What a day of joy and celebration. Listen, in life we go through those things over and over again. But we can confidently look to a day of joy. And celebration, a day which is wonder and glory, because we can draw parallels with this. You know, if 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 if, if your day is a day of confusion at the moment, if your life is confusing and we and and, and and or painful, 
Listen, Sunday's coming. Right? And I'm drawing a parallel here because I know Sunday's here right now. <laughs> right? Are you praying with faith for that day of joy? Wherever you are right now, don't despair. Right? Don't drop your head. Others may need to draw alongside you and they might not know, so tell them. Say, stand with me, please, because I'm looking for that day of joy to come. I'm looking for the day of, day of celebration to come. You know, Imagine how those disciples of Jesus felt when he was killed, dead and buried. Oh, no. I poured my life out for him. He called me. I, I left everything to follow him. I thought he was God. You know, he could have, if he was God, he could have stopped this at any time, couldn't he? You know, discussing. Look, I saw the miracles. I saw. I saw him heal the sick with my own eyes. I, I, the deaf heard. The blind were. The blind eyes were opened. The dead were raised. I saw him walk on the water. Calm in a storm. Of course, Jesus could have come off that cross at any time. Because as the cliche goes, but it's a true one, it wasn't the nails that held him there. It was love. Love for you and me and the many. That's why he did it. Because he wanted us to know the joy and the celebration. You know, at the Last Supper just after the Last Supper, as he's going to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, he predicted his resurrection. He said, he said on the third day, I'm coming back. Right? What he's saying is your grief, your anguish, your pain will eventually turn to joy if you follow me. Right? the new life that we can know in Christ can wipe out the memory of the pain because he's a miracle work in Jesus. Amen? Amen. I'd like to pray for us on this Easter Sunday. Before I do, I just want to say there may be some people in this room who haven't yet surrendered to that Jesus who suffered and died and rose again on your behalf. The Jesus we celebrated with the bread and the wine. The Jesus we've honoured through the reading of scripture. The Jesus who loves you so much. Loves you to death and beyond. If you haven't surrendered your life to him, please come and find me after the service. I'd love to chat with you some more or speak to someone who invited you today on this special day and they can explain the wonder of what it is to be born again let's pray